excited about this one. Hello, Stacy. Hey, Jason. Hi, hey, Bethan. Hi, hi. Hey, Bethan. Hi, hi. hi Bethan. Hi. Long time no speak. <laughs> no. Right. Awesome. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You catch up. No, you know what? If you leave Beth and I, we'll just talk. So you might. Talk. Yeah, Jason, yeah. you can go now. We've got this. I believe you actually, and I actually wouldn't mind sitting back and watching this one. But mm -hmm. you know, I got I got to at least try to have a question or two in there. So, okay, okay let's do that. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you very much, Bethan, for all your help helping me get. Um, Josh on and getting uh, Pastor Robin, uh, Melissa McKee on as well. I really appreciate that. Easy, eh, Josh, he's uh, he's elusive. He's a, he's, a he's elusive. He's tough. Yep, yep. Tough we have to nail him down. Exactly. Exactly. Yep, yep. But the McKee so how, Bikers Church, ahead. Bikers Church are like you know that's my church and those are my people. It's a freedom church and. Uh, even Stacy, being Jewish, she'll go and she'll attend the odd baptism in, at Bikers Church. She saw my kids get baptized there, so uh, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, really amazing. So, Stacy, you enjoyed that as well, watching the baptism with the Bikers Church. Was it yeah, they brought that inflatable hot tub out or something like that they mentioned? Um, I think it was a hot tub. Maybe it was a little. Yeah. Cool. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was bubbling. I don't know. No, I don't know about that, but it was bubbling in steam. But um, there was there was definitely a pool, and there was yeah, some kids, you know, and some kids coming back wet and happy, and yeah, I was really proud of Beth's kids. That was a nice moment. Yeah. yeah, no, Chris Stacy mentioned that he was baptized there recently, and that was a hot tub they brought out for that. And mm -hmm. I was saying to him, all they're missing is a bouncy castle, and then we can have the EA invoked. For <laughs> Daisy, they got the hot tub out. <laughs> they did, they did. Well, I guess it needed a little bit of room. He's a bigger guy. He's not a little kid. He is. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was there for Daisy's, you know, and like, you know, not to get too much into his personal life, but, you know, Antifa are all over his past and his history, and um, even when I met him during the convoy, the man he is today is completely transformed. He is an evolved, transformed human being. And it speaks to so much of what being forgiven and being saved looks like, right? Because yeah. he had a lot of past to complete and, you know, a lot of history to kind of bury and get beyond. And, and now he's just like he's radiant and handsome and and bright. You know, I think prior to the convoy, his future wasn't as bright as it is today. I I, I friggin love Chris Stacy. Like I have I, I would I'd take a bullet for the guy. He is mm. like a legit, authentic, a great guy. He's got so much great footage, too. He's got Trudeau. He's got Jagme. He's got, you know, he's just there all the time and catches these incredible moments. And he deserves every bit of elevation that he gets. Yeah, he's quite dedicated yeah. to that. Yeah. And quite totally. steadfast to it. It's, it's nice mm -hmm. to see, especially because he's grown. I used to work, I used to be the public affairs officer for the Veterans for Freedom when they started. And Dave, Chris used to send us a whole bunch of posts as James Top is crossing and stuff like that. Okay. And um, yeah, secret, like, uh, you know, on the down low. And it was nice to see con just unsolicited he would provide footage so that's yeah it's very generous of him 
Nice. And I've even seen some shocking stuff that people wouldn't put on. Like there was a gentleman that got assaulted by security. I watched that video. Uh, so he's he's in there with the right stuff and, and he's not worried about his haters. And yeah, they're out there. Just oh. announcing him on the show, I pff, all over my Twitter. <laughs> yeah. no, him, him, Chris Guy, him and Chris Guy <laughs> has the same followers following them and doing some damage. Just right. It's right. weird. Just there to destroy his reputation. But when we went to, um, I think it was a protest with Josh Alexander and Billboard Chris, and mm -hmm. like somebody had spent the time and made a poster of Daisy with like the Save Canada hat, and and I'm like, that took hours of someone's time to sketch and paint this thing. I'm like, Chris, you're famous. Like you're a star. You know, and yeah. he be able to do it without you. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like they're Trump. They kind of need him. If he wasn't there, they wouldn't have anything to go fight and, and raise a, 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 fuckus, a ruckus about. Maybe we kind of need him. Also, a yeah. fuckus. A ruckus. Fuckus. Yeah. We, see, we're going to invent more words. I did vicarious <laughs> admiration. That's when you admire someone so much, right? Mm -hmm. And now, fuckus. There we go. <laughs> You're, you can coin your own terms, Jason. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Kofifi, right? The this is how we get there. We'll call it the Levine Dictionary. <laughs> ah, bilingual too <laughs> oh that's awesome uh, and i'm trying to talk chris into doing his own podcast because he was getting interested in having conversations and doing interviews and continuing that so do you think you would support that if chris was doing that kind of thing like a larry king type of thing oh i, I think that's you know what's next for him he's just going to continue to evolve and grow and and for sure he is surrounded by a community of people who love him so, mm -hmm. you know, I think if I, I think it's a great idea. And if he feels that he gets a divine download, that this is the next step forward, it'll be a huge success. Love the guy. Absolutely. Yeah. I can feel his energy. And if he can focus it on that, I think it would be helpful as well. And I can, I'm pleased to announce that he's leaving the Ottawa area for the first time in his life. He's headed out east. So he's going to be oh, further what? than Armpro. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Dude. Yeah. He, he kind of recognized he's in a bubble there for, for a very long time. So he needs to yeah. see some of the rest of Canada. Oh, yeah. They will welcome him with open arms. There's lots of freedomers in the Atlantic coast. Oh, for sure. He'll go see Jeremy and Morgan and that whole team out there. That's right. Yeah, it's a good yeah. team out there. Yeah. Have you been catching our across Canada stuff? We have Morgan doing the, uh, the beginning of that out in Nova Scotia now. Oh, no kidding. Oh, man. Like, don't even get me started <laughs> about how much I love her. Oh, did you, well, then you didn't hit, you, you didn't know, hear her announcement yesterday. Oh man, I just think she's just such a solid, uh, solid woman with incredible integrity, and mm -hmm. um, and yeah, she has been weathering a storm because I think being Jeremy McKenzie's girlfriend is not an easy road, and this has been probably the most difficult. Um, past two years of his life, I can only imagine, but particularly since the convoy and mm -hmm. um, and like anyone, you know, this being what you're an expert in is like like this sort of prison ministry that you're doing, um, you know, how they've abused Jeremy McKenzie and they've abused Pat King and Tamara Litch and um, and these and these Coots four boys. Um, like it's un unprecedented what they've done to these individuals and it's to scare people like Stacy and I yes. from continuing on yep. going ahead. Right. And I'm not saying that it doesn't have an impact. Um, but the most important part is that we stay together as a community um, mm -hmm. to the extent that we can. 
um, because uh, of course we're angry. Look what they've done to us. Look what they're doing to us. That we're in an abusive relationship with our government right now, and um, you know they're letting you know stabby McStabber. I'm not sure there was a a guy who shot a woman in Toronto, right, Stacy, outside of a safe injection site, and he was out on bail. He was out on bail for being a violent offender and he was just, you know, running around. These boys in, in Alberta, not a single thing happened. There wasn't a stabbing. There wasn't a shooting. There wasn't a bomb plot. There wasn't anything. And they've been held up there for what? Since the convoy? 515 like, days. Like, it's insane. And and they abused Jeremy McKenzie. He nearly got killed in prison a few times. Same with mm -hmm. Pat King. And Pat King only has one friggin' leg. And he was nearly killed in, in prison if he didn't die from sepsis from an infection in his leg. Like, I, I think the person who probably did, you know, the, the best in prison was Tamara. Thank God that it was just a women's prison. But... You know, keeping her in there for 50 days, like, get mm -hmm. out of here. For what? For having, a like, the biggest street party? You know? No. No, but, but you said it. It was for making a lesson for us, setting an example for us. Yeah. Tell us what will happen to us. We will come across the country on a Canada-wide war to pick you up on Canada Day. Those are the messages they want to tell us. That's right. That's right. But but the good news is uh, people like me and Morgan and others have decided to run as independents. So the announcement yesterday from Morgan is she's running as an independent in the Nova Scotia election. Yeah. Fantastic. Is that for the TPC party? No, it looks independent. So she'll be working with uh, the Bottom 7-Eleven, which is a group who are supporting independents that want to run on all levels, municipal and up. So uh, it sounds like it's a good idea. Stacy, we should so. go and help her run. It's like we should just take a little road trip out there and like put up signs. Yeah. And, and we also have um, Maggie Hope Ron. So you know who she is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. she was on yesterday as well, announcing something similar. So she is working yeah. with the Independent Ontario 2026. So Independent Ontario 2026. Same story. She hasn't decided to run, but she's definitely going to get involved in helping them find independence and run uh, other independents around. Again, municipal and all the way up to federal. Imagine so it looks like about that stuff too. She's very <sighs> and she's very and she's involved. She's yeah, you see her Peterborough stuff. Yeah, yeah. So she did that in Peterborough. For the people that don't know, uh, Maggie stood up and told Peterborough, basically, you're run by WEF and the UN agenda. You guys are all part of this and you're on notice. I'm putting you on notice right now that you're part of that. We're very brave. Then on Canada Day, we had her on just to say hello to Canada. The bomb squad was in front of her place detonating a package. So, yeah. <laughs> this is the kind Maggie of response. There's a bomb in front of Maggie's house that you're saying? Yeah, we have the video of it. She was on our show when that was happening. Uh, so we had her in her living room, and then she went outside to the front, showed us the vehicles, and then came back inside. About five minutes later, they blew up whatever it was that was there. Crazy. <laughs> hey, but we're getting the good video, though. We're getting the good information. But yeah, Maggie went and did that Peterborough stuff, and then Canada Day, she had a surprise. No harm. No, nothing happened, but what, what a way to wake up. Yeah, it is. And she has kids too, I know. Yeah, and she's a wonderful woman too. Boy, mm -hmm. she's very right. generous with her time. Yeah, she's very generous with her time. And she um she puts herself out there and she does oops, she does things that 
Oh, I have to take this. I'm really sorry. No problem. No problem. You can come back. No problem. Uh, we'll bring her back. Oh, we're going to Europe. If Are you now? Uh, like uh, that's uh, probably Europe calling. All no right. problem. No problem. And, and we don't have to worry about recording this. CSIS has been recording since January. Yeah, okay, good. They're recording it for us? Okay, perfect. Yeah, pretty sure. Um, so, so, look, yeah. let's get into your story while we're waiting for Stacy to come back. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I didn't really know who you two were when I was first approached and said, hey, you guys should reach out to talk to them. And then I started looking into you and, oh, wow. See, this is why I dislike the fact that we don't have media anymore because we're not sharing good stories about good Canadians at all. It's right. very difficult to get into the the real news sometimes. And I'm very pleased now I've got the chance to meet you. Um, can we go ahead and let people know what kind of brought you around and, and what got you involved with the, the trucker stuff? Like, why did you leave your work and, and get into this? Well, for sure. I was a, I was a nurse um, in, you know, 2019, minding my own business. And, uh, you know, come 2020, everything in the hospitals went into like upside down world. And um, everything we understood about microbiology completely got thrown out the window. And we were all of a sudden playing pantomime theater. Um, and, and everybody was accepting it. Like these really smart people, like, you know, the chief of medicine and the chief of surgery. And they're like, yes. These are excellent ideas to protect ourselves. And I'm like, this is nonsense. You know, wearing these tiny blue masks, uh, but taking them off at lunchtime to eat a sandwich. Um, and I noticed in the hospitals, they started to take away the little things that we liked. You know, people were no longer allowed to bring us, you know, cupcakes or whatever. You know, families would often bring nurses treats no longer allowed no longer allowed to drink coffee at the station do you know how much coffee medical personnel drink in a day you know and they were like, you're not allowed to have that anymore and it was like why the hell not um and then they were putting they put up in our emergency room like zippers and tents and this was the red zone and this is the yellow zone and this is the green zone and you know the magic zipper wall what was what was going to distinguish it and it just it, like the hospitals became crazier and crazier. And I heard Trump say hydroxychloroquine. And I'm like, this seems to make a lot of sense. The mechanism of action made sense to me. And I'm like, why don't we try it? Why don't we try it? But I'm a nurse. What do I know? I don't understand medicine. I don't understand virology. I don't understand pharmacology. I, I'm, I'm but a mere nurse. And so it was like, get out of here with your trumplican ideas and i just saw my like my work situation go from bad to worse and mm. um it, it was just people weren't showing up for work you know we like we didn't get any nursing students anymore and we didn't have um you know like the veterans were leaving as soon as possible the um veteran nurses so they were like, bye, I'm retiring. And we didn't have any new baby nurses because nursing school was shut off. So we ended up being this kind of sandwich generation that was in the middle that was doing everything. Um, and it just became a more and more sort of hostile and contemptible environment. And it was already pretty hostile and difficult work to begin with. Um, I think in medicine, you kind of would prefer to be a doctor than to be a nurse as far as your working conditions and everything beneath nursing gets shittier after that, like to be yeah. a, 
preposé or a nursing aide or working in the kitchen or, you know, being part of the cleaning team, like everything gets shittier and shittier after that. So um, it was already pretty bad to begin with. And then they just made it like impossible. So, um, so I was in a position where I could just say, okay, I'm done. I'm by see ya. Like I, maybe when this madness ends, I will come back to nursing, but for mm. now, and what, like three months later, and I do have a lot of kids. I can honestly say I have a lot to focus on. Um, I've got five children that I am responsible oh, well. for feeding and, um, and raising and caring for. So that is a busy enough endeavor in it in itself. And so I, um, I mean, boom, then the, I heard about these trucks <laughs> and, and I will be honest, it was Pat King's Facebook lives that made the difference. I was like, Whoa, they are coming. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I loved, I loved watching his lives um, as they were getting ready in the CB radios. And then, yeah, the legend began. And I was like, there you go, Trudeau, Just man. Do it. Gonna get it. And, uh, and it, was, it was amazing. And then I joined a team in, in Ottawa. I won't name them, but I joined a team. And, um, and there I met Danny Bulford. Um, and like there was people from Bikers Church and Thomas O'Connor, and uh, it was thanks to the strength of people in that team that we were able to have a stage, and the stage needed an MC and needed music and needed a vibe to like it was the center. It was right in front of the Parliament buildings, and so mm -hmm. it was setting the vibe um, for for the rest of like the area right and i mean there was definitely music down happening at spark street and there was music happening down at bank street but the, there was something really central about benny's boom truck um right on the center of wellington and so um i ended up emceeing there from the beginning till the bitter bitter end and uh you know, that's where I met Stacy. I met her down at the Swiss. And um, yeah, incredible. Well, let me jump over to Stacy now. Yeah, do it. Cheers, cheers. So, Stacy, you don't have too much time. Uh, you no, kind of we don't. I need to get off soon. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, we, we got up to the story of where Bethann met you. So, let's back up a little bit on when you got involved into the convoy. And if you can take us up to that point, we can uh, continue with Bethann. So before you met her, how did you get involved with the convoy? You heard Pat King as well, or were you doing something else? What brought you there? What drew you there? We lost your mic. You're muted. Yeah, you muted. Okay, so I was just doing the rallies in Toronto, and um, I so we knew about that, that the truckers were coming, because um, we were involved a little bit, like... So what were the rallies for? Masks, mandates? What were the rallies um, the, Queen, for? the rallies were the worldwide rallies that I was doing at Queen's Park. So we were just kind of um, doing against the anti-mandates and anti-masks okay. and against the the virus, the vac, the I don't want to say vaccines against the shots and stuff like that. So we announced, like we knew that the truckers were coming. We announced it, and then. I was working with a group. I was working with a couple groups. I was working with one that I have an NDA with, so I can't really say who it is, but yep, eventually sure. it does kind of come out. So, but I was working with Take Action Canada 
and they set up a phone line in Ottawa that was supporting the truckers and people there. So if you were feeling well and you needed a place to crash or you're not food or you needed first aid, you would call this 1-800 phone line. And we had a Zoom one night and I noticed that Dan, in the Zoom, it was in the background of the Swiss hotel and Danny was there and I worked closely with Danny. So as soon as I saw that he was there and he was, you know, kind of one of the leaders, I jumped in my car and kind of knew that he's the kind of person that won't take care of himself. So, um, he's the, like, you, you know what I mean? Like he won't feed himself. He'll wake up he'll okay. at 12. He'll wake up at four in the morning. And if I can go there and take care of him and make sure he's taken care of and his family's taken care of, then I, then he's, I, I don't feel bad that he's fighting for me. I can do right. it. You know, I can take care of him and his family. And so I gladly did that, you know, and me, and I went back and forth. I was there for about, I was there four times. So I went back and forth many times. And then after that, Bethan and I kind of started doing rallies together and she's the best MC there is. So <laughs> when we came back to do the other rallies in Toronto, of course we engaged Bethan and then, you know, from there we kind of realize it's. Uh, I'd rather make it a. I'd rather make it a business, and I'd rather make it a little more threatening. Um, and since we're fighting globalists and power and money, then we might as well try and get those things too. Yeah. So, how does that help you with your fight by having a business? How does that actually assist you and make you stronger? Well, we can engage more people. We can like uh, solicit more speakers to come here okay. and we can afford them. Right. Because like, um, Christine travel and other stuff. Well, Christine wasn't funded by the AFD, you know, so she was funded through us and, and, and the general and ticket sales and some other people that helped us. So, you know, like Bethan said in an interview with Shadow Davis, like she could have slept on Bethan's couch or my couch, and but you know she she were not, and it takes money to travel. And mm -hmm. I think it's important to some people want to can't attend free rallies, and some people want to want to spend different kinds of time with um, individuals like that. So it's, okay. uh, especially if you want to make connections with people or have conversations, you can do it in other kind of venues and not to public venues and you need kind of money to run venues and security or, and to have contracts with them and to move things like that forward. Uh, well, security and travel, those kind of things, those cost a lot of money. Like she, you know, you get, you kind of get some threats and, and yeah. you got to do it right too. And then so what kind of threats have you received? Um, Bethan and Bethan was receiving some, and we got a whole bunch in Montreal. Oh, and when we didn't quit Ontario, we got a threat. One of the venues was threatened that they're going to ruin their business. And we got a lot of it on Twitter. Some pastor, I wish I knew their name. Some mm. female pastor was going to threatening the venue to ruin their business. Cause we, cause they hosted us. They hosted the Jewish Nazi and then right. they host. And then in Montreal, we canceled four venues. We had to cancel four venues because they kept on getting threatened. So, so that's why when the last one we did with Vera and Christine, 
we didn't announce the venue until 36 hours before the event just to save the trouble and it was much better that way. But we also were realizing Tifa don't know how to drive. Hmm. But so, do they ever follow through with these threats? Are they just empty threats that people take seriously? Like, I, have, you have know what? I, don't, I don't, it's not our job to not to validate them or not because mm -hmm. then if we screw up, that would be a poor judgment call. I think it's on your our part, yeah. Job to put that in the whoever's lane that is, and we engage like, um, we engage our CMP before we do our events and we asked them for advice and we Bethan and other people have had, we, you know, like we previously worked with Drew from Veterans for Freedom and okay. he, um, we'll work with the police for us. And like when we did Jordan Peterson's event, he like, you know, does that because we don't, he can do that. He, he's the same military talk and they're good to mm -hmm. together. And then yeah. we're happy to engage the veterans. That's their lane. All right. So what do you have coming up? Do you have any events coming up that you can let people know about? Well, we have not the location, but not within 36 hours. <laughs> but you know, you said like we're hope you know, we're hoping to engage a couple of of Christine and her fellow advocates, let's say, and onboard them to come to Canada. I'm just gonna say it, like fuck it. You just said it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's what we're so aiming that, for so yeah so would you consider that a special right. announcement well special <laughs> announcement <laughs> all right breaking news breaking news that. we're breaking all the news here for breaking you right news. now Sweet. here we you go have a, you should have some music on there yeah oh and i got music sorry, i'll let it at the next time jason absolutely i do like breaking news so yesterday was morgan running as an independent and now we have somebody coming to canada we yeah. just don't know when, cool. and we don't know who. <laughs> yeah, if only I got the billion dollars from the government funds, I, I, I'd be a bit more more ready for this and have more music for you, but no, I don't That's get any okay. of that. And but I, you know what I was going to in the trailer. I wish we had our Gibson. I can try and find, I'm going to try and find our Gibson Go. Maybe you can post that because we happy to doing. Um, we can promote that. We can promote our Gibson Go. That'd be my pleasure. I'd put it on a tweet and I'd put it in the description for this. No problem at all. So you do have some stuff on the go. Tell me a bit about this Jordan Peterson event. How big did it get? Did you have any problems? Did you have some great the success? Rally? Yeah. Did it open any doors? Did it cause anything to happen? This is when he was coming down for his uh, hearing or around yeah, well, that? He, he got charged. He was for the, in front of the CPO. You know, it was really nice. that That's when Christine called in and spoke to the audience. It kind of it's a really nice touch. Christine who? Yeah, Christine Anderson. Bethan and I have never had that. We kind of we were in a meeting with Christine before chatting with her, and we were like, oh, we're at a rally. Oh, maybe you can call in and speak <laughs> to the audience, you know, via mic somehow, patch us in, because Bethan did that so much in Ottawa. They got a screen. We were not spending $12,000 on a screen, but you can call in, and we realized, like, that's a good way to us engage other people and kind of get – global attention on the forefront that's cool so you're doer as you do whatever you need to do to get the message out if you have to hold a phone to the microphone that's what you'll do that's absolutely amazing. that was amazing cool. that was an amazing moment wasn't it yeah. do, you want, yeah. do you want to expand on that well i mean 
so the 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 concept with with supporting Jordan Peterson and we did get you know flack for that because people like what does Jordan Peterson need our help for no 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 where's Jordan Peterson been for us but for me this battle has been about principles and um and I'm fighting it on principle and if they're going to censor Jordan Peterson um, who says nobody else has a chance? We're done. Oh, they're going to censor Stacey Cotter then. Oh that's yeah, Stacey yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, and, and that's why they're doing that. They're, they're setting an example. If they can yeah. shut him up, everybody will have to shut up. Right. Yeah. And I saw that kind of when the let's say like the bottom up is is that they were censoring Pat King, and you mm. know he's saying the worst of the worst things. And if we don't defend Pat King's. Um, even if he's wrong in what he's saying, if we don't defend his right to be wrong, um, then, you know, the next person on the list for sure is going to be someone like Jeremy McKenzie. And then next on the list for sure is Stacey Cotter and, and, and it'll just progress. And, and the same thing comes in a, in a top down kind of way where, where if you're censoring someone like Jordan Peterson, who doesn't say anything particularly alarming, um, mm -hmm. You know, and even he can be wrong, um, but we have to defend um, we have to defend people's right to be wrong and and their right to figure it out. Right. They have to you, you can't figure out what's wrong unless you're debating it, unless you're mm -hmm. you're posing these ideas and challenging these ideas. So for me, it was a no brainer to defend um, Jordan Peterson and um it's interesting now since the convoy and we've done many, we've done many, many rallies since the convoy. Um, the convoy kind of kicked off a series of events and um, Peterson's event has been one of the more recent ones. But now when even we say we're coming, mm -hmm. we're saying the freedomers are coming. Wow, the panic, the police start calling, you know, they start, you know, battening down the hatches and, you know, um, you know, like putting out security guards, they're closing down their business for a day. So we know that just the threat of the freedom movement showing up on their doorstep is enough to alarm them. And mm. I really don't know what they think is going to happen. That was my question. Like, what are they scared of? Well, obviously, things that blow up, right, like bouncy castles. And right. when we did Jordan's, um, there were these people there from, oh, I'm not sure if they're from Peterborough, but they're part of the freedom movement, uh, maybe Niagara. And they had this big, giant blow-up sheep with a big mask on oh, it. Oh, that's Jay. He's a trucker. I think that oh, was Jay. Oh, freaking awesome. And yeah. so it's like the props department shows up and... You know, and there are some guys who show up with like the Trudeau must go sign. And then they have this big, long string full of like a hundred Canadian flags. It's like the sec set decoration department shows up at all of our all of our rallies. Like suddenly next thing you there's a backdrop and suddenly um, there's all this stuff. So um, I think, you know, that's the most alarming thing that happens is we show up <laughs> with props. Um, and that's it. And yeah, no, my and dancers and fire fire dancers. So. Fire dancers. <laughs> really? Well it's, well, it's the most fun Toronto has in a while. Yeah, we bought a fire dancer. Yeah, they don't have Carabana anymore, so may as well have oh. another type of party. Yeah, and Josh comes always and supports us and sings, and we got Desi Ranks. Josh Bigger, Mr. Freedom. Yeah, and Desi's singing, giving out some reggae and some steel drums. So we've got all the all the corners. 
Yeah, Josh That's Fink really is cool. a good one to interview for sure. Mr. Freedom has been absolutely relentless and tireless in this fight. So is Desi Ranks. They have just yeah. been like at every friggin' event for the past two years, nonstop, tireless. And they work and they like have real day jobs like their contractors or what have you in the day. Josh obviously does roofing. Desi is a contractor. You know, they, they work in the heat and in the cold all the time. And then every weekend they're, they're at freedom events. So God oh, bless well them. Yeah. Men during Absolutely. the week and then men on the weekends. It's fantastic. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. If you can make <laughs> an introduction, I'd be happy to have them on. And yep. I suspect they're, they're going to be part of the, uh, the rally or the protest in September with Josh and Billboard Chris around those two schools. Are you aware of that one? In Toronto, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, like unless yeah, if, we're, if we're here, then we were we will be attending for sure. For sure. So you're gonna be assisting or are you gonna just attend? Like you're gonna help organize uh, some more I, support? I mean, or? No, that'll be their thing. Their thing, okay. Okay. Yeah. But you'll be there to help them. Yeah, for oh yeah, for sure. But yeah. yeah. Bethan will probably be there, maybe, you know, be more hands-on than I, I mean, do. there's not a lot to do for um, Billboard Chris. He's already given the location, the time, and the date. And then people just need to show up. And generally, with, with Billboard Chris, he just wants people to be on their best behavior, right? Mm -hmm. and, and he wants to elicit conversation. Um, and no, he's maybe that's a good day to have a party afterwards because they'll be in town. We'll do that. Okay. There you go. All right. So yeah, we can we can take care party. of the after party. Fine. Yeah, we're good at that. We're we're good. There at you that. go. Yeah. Did you guys go. hear that? Some more breaking news. An yeah, after party. party. An after <laughs> party. Parties at my house. <laughs> breaking news. There we go. That's what happened Casey's the last place. time. That's what happened <laughs> the last of my birthday party. Someone I had a birthday card made with um trucks driving through a woman's legs or something then someone posted in a facebook group too and oh my oh my public event public <laughs> no event. yeah the worst thing that happened on my birthday which is february 14th is the ea got dropped so thank you very Whoa. much for trudeau Whoa. Oh, he Whoa. messes up that day yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well every year now we will celebrate freedom instead of valentine's because we're gonna we're gonna try and fix this right so yeah. yes we will Yes, that's awesome. So you're going to actually head out east. Do you want to help uh, Morgan? You're going to see if you can get involved in some of that? Well, I would do anything to help her, you know. And so, um, you know, we, we do have a few, like, as Stacy was saying, a few irons in the fire. And, um, you know, involving Europe and in potentially involving the United States. And so we're going to like a lot of those things are landing in those same months, but mm -hmm. I would love to, you know, we could take a quick trip to Halifax and, um, and then, you know, rent a car and come see her and help her out. And um, I, I would love to help her out in any way that she, she needs. Yeah. She's a fantastic person. And it would be great for us to go scope out the Atlantic. Eh, Stace? Yeah. We should yeah. Go see. That's, that's a good idea. Right. Yeah. So are you trying to expand? Well, your I love the. Ex I, I know I need a reason. Like I need. I need to know we got to work, right? It's got to right. Stacy's a workaholic. I'm a workaholic. I'm, yeah. yeah. Like, no one. No one can outwork Stacy Cotter. I dare <laughs> them. I absolutely. I'll try. I'll like, try. Put, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you're kicking ass and taking names. Um. Yeah. Um. No. Uh, no disrespect to all the hard work you've been doing, Jason. None yeah. taken. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah absolutely. 
Now, are you expanding your stuff? Are, are you trying to get out east? Are you trying to get out west? And, and what do you think about Alberta getting involved in some of the stuff you guys are doing? Well, I think that when we took Christine, so we did when we we did the tour with Christine, we did um, Calgary and then we did um, a bunch of events in in Ontario around Toronto, Cambridge, you know, uh, Whitby. And then we went to Montreal and Montreal was kind of like the bigger disaster of all of them for a variety of reasons, you know, our venue was canceled and then started, you know, saying terrible things about Christine and, oh, it was just, it was kind of a, a, a nightmare, but, um, and, and we learned a lot and we grew a lot. One thing is in British Columbia, there is a huge freedom movement in, in BC. Now forget about Vancouver. Vancouver's woke and lost and they're all on hormones and antidepressants. Like forget Vancouver. Fentanyl. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah they're not on fucking, if they're not trans and they're on fentanyl, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or they're, yeah, exactly. Or they're taking fentanyl. So like mm. Vancouver itself is a bit of a wash, but north of that and in the interior, there's a huge freedom movement. So if we were to return with um with christine and um a few of the members from the european parliament who have been really digging their heels in over there um they're incredible people we would definitely want to honor the freedom movement in bc um and 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 start with them over there and also the you know the atlantic provinces have been neglected and forgotten very Um, much so so you know, we'd probably do an east-west coast, and then, um, and then probably do something at, in America. 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 That sounds good. America. There's we'll hook a- you up with Gord. He's down there, an American down there, a trucker who wrote that news article for Newsweek. He's okay. A good guy. Okay. Great. Oh yeah, I would love to, because yeah, the, there is a. Like the freedom movement or the freedom convoy was a populist movement, right? This, mm-hmm. um, it's it's such an important point because yes, they talk about leaders and they're trying to talk about you know the leaders, but honestly, when the freedom convoy was happening on the ground in Ottawa, it was completely out of their hands. They had no control of what was. I mean, they could make a TikTok maybe and say, "Okay, guys." But there was nothing that they could do. This was all dependent on the individual's behavior down there. And we should have had catastrophe after catastrophe. There should have been a lot more intoxication. There should have been a lot more violence. There should have been a lot more mental health episodes. Just looking at the numbers, statistically, if you have a hockey game, the police know there's people who are going to be ridiculously drunk and and dangerously so. And they know that people are going to have mental health episodes. But we didn't have that. You know, there was, I think, one instance um, where somebody passed out in the cold and we actually got that person and got them to the warmth and someone who was kind enough actually rented them a hotel room so that they were okay. So um, it was just the vibe. Everybody knew better not to like, you know, usually in a bar, boys step on each other's toes or something. They push each other away, but it was like. It was so different, so so exactly opposite. Right. It was mostly the vibe. There's no, wasn't a competition. We're all there for the same reason and and commonality. Yeah, well, I think there was 
there yeah. was a collective consequence. So everybody kind of knew that if there was a consequence, it was for everybody. So right. if there was a blocked ambulance or a broken, a broken nose of an officer or something like that, everybody yeah. knew collectively we were going to get punished if somebody did something silly. So I think that kind of set in. It was like a, like a mob mentality, but for the positive, uh, they yeah. kind of all knew what would happen. Yeah, yeah, we definitely had a hive mind. And, and yeah, it was to end the mandates. And I believe I also believe that people were driving all the way from, you know, northern British Columbia to Ottawa, to tell Justin Trudeau, that um, this, we, we no longer can accept his stewardship of the country. And even though Trudeau ran away, stuck his fingers in his ears, hid under his bed, said he got COVID, all <laughs> things, you know, and he was like, these people are terrorists. And it's like, no, actually, we're doctors, we're nurses, we're professionals, we're, we're like the working class. And we've absolutely had enough with your stewardship of this country. Well, and we're definitely not rapists or pedophiles or adulterers. That's, and we don't dress up in blackface and put bananas in our pants. Well, oh, we somebody we know. <laughs> don't right. do any of those things, right? How many pedophile friends does Trudeau have anyways? It's like some of his groomsmen from his wedding have been like, you know, jailed for pedophilia. I mean, he's in photos with countless pedophiles. And I don't think I even know one. And you, don't know pedo you don't know any pedophiles? I don't know any pedophiles. I don't know. <laughs> There's well, like, you know, like a slew of them who have been charged. You live in Ottawa because you lived in Ottawa for a really long time. Just walk down Wellington Street. <laughs> yeah. And you so, might bump into one. You might bump into one. Right, right. Yeah. I imagine. Hmm. Imagine having friends like Trudeau's friends, you know. No, thank you. No, thanks. <laughs> they're, they're not good friends. They don't even tell you when you mess up or anything. No. Really I'd rather be friend. friends with his enemies and invite them to the country. And party in his house. I think that's the enemy more, of my enemy is that's my like, friend. That's more thing. fun. Have a house party, like yeah. Invite all you all your enemies over and party in your house. You yeah. know, that, that's so much more fun. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> How much time do you have left, there, Stacy? Because I, well, I, 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 I got about ten minutes for you. Where are you going to? Okay. Well, where are you going? What do you got? You got like I got, a, I got something going on. I got like like, got like this is news to me. I'm, like, I'm, you got a hot date or something? You no, know, I was on fucking at 2 o'clock, breaking news. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes and I was on at 2 o'clock. Okay, well, you're breaking All right, I fine. Get up. To myself, I was like, damn, Jason, taking a long time in his intro. Okay. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I have a lot to say. But, <laughs> yes, Stacey, if you don't mind, before you go, I, I do kind of want to ask about the one thing I did know about you before I met you. Which is a friend friendly tweet you sent out. Remember that one? Got I wasn't a tweet though, so we'll get we'll we'll go back. Well, go ahead and tell me about that. Yeah, go ahead and tell me about that. Post of okay. my friends that I took of us on a on an, uh, when we were out at Tamara's um, award ceremony, and like I said, you know, yeah. we are, we're going to stand by it that I'm allowed to take photos of my friends and people that hang out and I hang out with and I work with, and I'm allowed to post them on. Facebook and I'm allowed to do whatever I want with photos and stuff like that. And the objective was is for to see who could who would they, who could come to the surface and who would poke fingers at each other, like you know, and say, Oh, who's this and why are you doing this? Which none of us did actually. 
of that and that of, of those people in the photo so that was nice and none of them blamed me for it mm. and no it's not your fault no and there's other there's there's a whole bunch of in the series actually i have a whole slew of them and um as i said like tamara you know we've spoken about it many times I, I, you know and i went down to you know i'm gonna say i was one of the only people that was in the courtroom with her the whole time and because i want i was invested in and i wanted to make sure she was okay and it was a whole farce so um and so i'm happy that i went there for her of course i would you know i'm hoping to go back in september Mm -hmm. when they're back in court with Chris and Tamara back, I think September 5th. So, um, yeah. So I just more like, again, they're using our photos again. They use our photo, my photo with, uh, or our photo with Bethan and Christine and Les and Lewis. And then they called us all Nazis. It seems to be their ploy where they take our photos because they can't do any research. Mm -hmm. So they're just going to scour our social media and then take our photos and then, waste taxpayer money and accuse us of being nazis and insurrectionists does that carry any weight anymore the name calling because it doesn't bother me any does that even i was called a revolutionary i would love that so just be like all right that that it'll take but you just have to put phobe to the end and then they might start using it right revolutionist phobe or something then they might use it, but it doesn't bother you either, right? Because you get a bunch of names as well that certainly wouldn't fit. Well, you, you know, me, me being called a Nazi really doesn't mean anything. My booby was exactly road outside of Poland, so they can call me Nazi all they want. I don't love it because they're watering down the term, and I yeah. realize that now. And I don't love it because they still work with Nazis. There's IBM still exists, and there's still Simons, and there's still Klaus Schwab, whose father was uh, a you know, produce gun or war machines for for the Nazis. So that's what I don't like because the Ukrainians are all Nazis. Mm -hmm. You know, we're fighting, we're supporting a war full of Nazis. And so that's what I don't love that they're, that they're watering down the term. So you can't recognize it. And when it's happening, then it can't be applied. Right. Cause then everybody is. And then nobody is at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. So, but you know, Bethan, Bethan, you know, Bethan, it doesn't slide off Bethan's back as much, maybe because she's blonde and blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know. It doesn't bother me either. If some people it does, I, I can see why. And she just popped back. There she goes. But yeah, okay, so it wasn't a tweet, it was a Facebook post. It was a it was post a of your friend. I wasn't on had... Twitter at the time, or maybe I was, I just um I was, but I didn't really know how to use it. Okay, so then what happened at court for her? Because all I know is that she got picked up here in Alberta, dragged across in a Canada-wide warrant because mischief is what that warrant is for, and brought her all the way out there. She wasn't, she's not allowed to be in a picture. She's not allowed to be in the vicinity with Tom, and the picture was of all of us together. Yeah, yeah, I know the allegation, but what happened in court? No offense, JCCF, I love you guys, but I didn't work with you in Ottawa, so... I don't need to take a picture of you all. And I wanted to take a picture of me and like, you know, people I was working with and I consider friends and family and that's who I took the photo of. And that's why I posted it on my Facebook page. So now, now how long did it take for that picture to be found and start to be used? Was it like I instant? Like 12 hours, I think 12 hours. I think I slept on it and with eight hours. It was, it was on CTV news. <laughs> yeah. 
But my my family was really happy. Were they now? Why is that? No, well, Cause you got on the news. <laughs> it's just you know. I think it's. I think that they're happy that they see I'm defending my country and. Oh, good. I'm trying to defend our rights, our, our freedom, and our civil liberties and democracy because it's those those terms have changed. So we want to recognize them and save them. Well, to be honest with you, that what you just said there is a unique statement. Most people I speak to, when they talk about their family, they say they don't support them. They broke apart. A lot of them are really upset with them. In fact, when I was speaking to Gord, the writer for Newsweek, he said he had high school and junior high and elementary friends come out of the woodwork to tell him how much they hate him now. When I don't talk just... to those people anyway, so it's not like Yeah, I get that, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear that your family was supportive. My family's pretty supportive. Yeah, I have to say that they've been really supportive. Um, you know, they they they're vaccinated, but they're they're not sure. But they're vaccinated. It doesn't really matter. But but they're pretty supportive. When my dad saw he died, my dad and stepmother came to see Christine in Eglinton Grand, and I think when he saw the caliber of people there and everybody right. else getting together, and there's truckers and there's political figures there and we're basically one family and you I don't know one event where you're going to ask 300 people that honor the national anthem that are going to stand and sing for it they're going to sing um uh silence what was it they're going to sing what was Amy Gall song they're going to sing like another anthem for Canada Andrew and, Gow. Andrew oh. and get teary-eyed. I don't think there was a dry oh, eye in the room when they sang uh, oh. what was Amazing Grace. And then you see a, a comedian come up and, you know, take the piss out of Trudeau. And then you have a politician. And then you have just this huge, vast array of different kinds of speeches talking to different areas. And then we have Byron Bridal. So I think that really trigger was a trigger point for my dad and saying, oh, yeah. Can, they can span all these different classes of people and forms of intellect and they all get it and they're all this is a really really happy room um really uh, that needs their intelligence sparked they hardly want to be put down to and they get what the virologist the best virologist says in canada and they get what the christine anderson says to them you know the politician says and 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 um, there's no dumbing it down. So I think that was um, I think that was important. Don't you think, B? So, yeah. So well, while we've been talking, I've you you just triggered John um, Stetch sketch Stetch, yeah. um, the the Trudeau impersonator. And I don't know if you've seen his work, Jason, but it is some of the, he does the best Trudeau impersonation. And so he was walking around with Christine Anderson. <laughs> for the whole night and um so i just asked him now too he's on twitter and i'm like hey would you like to do an interview i mean you could literally interview trudeau i would do yeah, that i would do that tomorrow he is, he's just yes. awesome. he is yeah. so funny um that was the eglinton grand was was grand and epic I've also texted Rob Primo. I've texted Josh Bigger. He says he'll do it anytime. And Desi. So I've already been doing some producer work for you in the background, Jason. Oh, wow. And now we want 10%. Like lining up your guests. And now we want 10%. Thank you. Yeah. And now you want 10% of zero? zero? That works for me. So now she does the work yeah. and I monetize it. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> of all that. 
<laughs> no joke. I, I saw my Rumble uh, report yesterday. 22 pennies. Oh, so right have... on. I'll take some of that. I'm, I'm just suspended on I'm on suspended on YouTube. Consequential to me is really it's the number high or low doesn't matter. <laughs> That's it. It's just a ten percent. You sound like Philip uh, Jeremy's little psychic there. Boy, did he want. They the owe home. me ten percent too. I fucking just heard that my my picture's on Diagonal and Christine's yeah. voice is on, is on their grift shop. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I get ten percent over there too. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You'll go to Nova Scotia and collect it. They should watch out. They're or we want like complimentary merch. Like they have to send us those those rings and like, you know, yeah, some well, Diagon's got me in trouble enough too. That's yeah, that's well, Diagon's got us in plenty of trouble. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah, but then if you have a vest, we can get you a couple patches for your shoulders. Oh, uh, wait, well no, we got one. I just have <laughs> I have one. That's awesome. I found this in Amsterdam. Oh, look at that. And I went, we all got one. Yeah. Miraculously. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, it probably stands for something really like sketchy in Europe, but Stacy brought it. <laughs> but so. I don't know. Well, it won't, it, won't, it, won't, it won't apply to me. Right. Right. I'm Jewish. I'm like, it doesn't apply to me. Sorry. Your girl yeah. doesn't apply to me. Yeah, it's not going to stop him from saying it, though. <laughs> no, exactly. No. Exactly. I, I don't love being called a Nazi because it's not anything to do with who I am. But if that is yeah. the worst that they have, and it seems to be, it seems to be um, yeah. the worst thing that they can say. And and usually it's anonymous troll accounts anyways with 32 followers. You're like, get the hell out of here. You guys are useless and nobodies. So... Um, I feel quite unthreatened by that slander, um, but I yeah. don't. I don't like it, you know. And and of course, I would appreciate people having constructive arguments. You know, what exactly is it that we are doing that makes us um, deserve such such grand titles? And I know yeah, and for me, Go ahead. yeah, I feel the same way. Normally, it's just off my. I don't mind. It's like water off the duck's back, except when it's somebody I admire. So Dean Blundell decided oh. to come after me uh, i don't know i used to i used to listen to him when i was younger in toronto right. yeah dean blundell oh and, really he's that's, yeah. that's, that's my that's my go that that should be my cc jason i'm out like, that's it you're it yeah. like i was sad because i listened to him was... hours up but it's a good time it's a good exit now that i know that you used to like dean blundell i'm gonna be like okay. used to when i was I'm kid not, and dumb young and dumb I'm, young no, and dumb. I'm still gonna take this as my out because it was because it's the timing is that because we're all Nazis here? Is that why? Bethan's got it. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. You did come. Bye, girl. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, honey. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Now that we got rid of the Nazi, we can move on. Yeah, I know the Jewish Nazi. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for me, it broke my heart a bit because I was, you know, when I was in my younger days, I would listen to him on the radio. And then I don't even know why he just decided to attack me. Uh, so he's a monster. Cool. He's an absolute monster online, and I don't think he has the power that he did, kind of immediately post convoy, but um, like unfair and you know a character assassinator, and just seems mm. to be a reprehensible person. You know, laughing at people while they're down. 
Um, I've seen him mock and, and laugh people who have been incarcerated or, you know, are facing very serious criminal charges for nothing burgers, right? We know that yeah. there's we haven't done anything wrong. Um, on the government, you know. <laughs> and I get confused when people talk out loud sometimes. Like we see some of this rhetoric out of them and it's gross and mean. Do they not hear themselves or are they just... Right. Like I was asking this of um, Daisy. So I was asking Daisy about seeing them. And it was also Alex Cabana. He said that they have like shark eyes, uh, the Antifa people, where they seem to be just out of it and just chanting. Did you see that as well? Sure. Sure. I mean, I've, I've been to a lot of those protests. I think, you know, we went from freedom rallies. So just to do like a chronological, you know, there was a Please, freedom yeah. convoy and then there was rolling thunder and then um, we start. I started um, working with some Americans, and we were doing border events because we still couldn't cross the border as unvaccinated. So we did uh, border events in Niagara mm. and in like Vermont, Quebec. That was that was brutal because um, we were dealing with the Quebec police, and you know that was a whole other monster. And then Canada Day, we we got a. Um, a permit to be on Parliament Hill in the afternoon, but they turned Parliament Hill into Pearson Airport for a day, right? Where they were, you know, probing and scanning people. And there was like a line of oh. people for miles and we couldn't get onto the hill, even though we had a bloody permit. And um, and some of the people who were there to either perform or speak, they're like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going through that. And Canada Day was one of the worst. It was like 35 degrees. We were like scorching like ants underneath the magnifying glass. And um, what we ended up doing was having our speakers, the actual amplification system on the hillside, but had our like the people who were speaking on, on the other side, Wellington Street side. And we were feeding the microphone through the fence. And it was like, what? <laughs> is this shit you know they were just and then bylaw was trying to rip the courts like it was it was absolutely a buster cluck um and that was <laughs> it was like a really really hard day um and and you know they were trying to ruin canada day for us for sure um and then after that <clears throat> i guess it was as soon after that that's when i went to europe and uh, and I went with Judy and Stacy, and that's when we went hunting Christine Anderson. And um, I was I spoke at a conference there in in Aus Austria. It's called the Better Way Conference, and um, that was an incredible experience. And all the famous doctors were there, and so I got an opportunity to meet them and realize that they're just human beings um, like the rest of us. And but they meant a lot to me, you know. Dr. Trazi meant a lot to me during COVID, and and so did Dr. Pierre Corey. He meant a lot to me because um, they they kept you sort of grounded in your convictions, and it was just nice to be able to you know share some pasta with them or have a gin and tonic with them and shoot the shit, and um, and that was really incredible and. And so Stacy, Judy, and I went hunting for Christine after that. And um, Christine and Stacy had an incredible, like, instantaneous connection. Like, some sort. Yeah, there was something there. They kind of look a lot alike. And um, and Stacy being Jewish and Christine being German, it was like they were sisters from a different Mister, right? 
And, <laughs> um, they, so yeah, that, that was because a lot of people were saying like, oh, the PPC is the one who brought Christine Anderson. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you do not get to take credit like or give away credit. We worked hard to bring Christine Anderson here. Um, I don't even think people in her party were, were encouraging her to go. They're like, what are you doing? Why do you want to go to Canada? It has nothing to do with Germany. And, and we're like, but we love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you come. Canada loves you. And we need you. And um, and we needed we did need her for a morale boost. So came back from Europe and oh gosh, I'm I know that's when the rainbow thing I guess kind of started up, and and we were going to school board meetings, and in Ottawa in particular, you know, there's some infamous Antifa stars now. Like I don't know if I'll even mention them, but there's some. Mm ones for being like particularly horrible people um and yeah and we started going head to head with them and so people people don't see the links between the freedom movement and how this is now connected to uh the trans movement but Mm -hmm. again it's about this uh top down like in uh like forcing these ideologies onto ourselves and our children. And again, with COVID, it was, it was about being forced and, and, and extortion and all the things that they were doing to us that way. And so it was very, it's very similar um, what they are doing with, with the, the rainbow agenda. And so we had lots of, lots of conflict there. And I suppose Josh Alexander became quite popular at that point. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, and he's, he's great. He's, he's like a, like he's a kid, like he's 17, but he's like, he's a wonderful boy. Like his parents should be very proud. I know they are very proud yeah. of, of their sons um, because they have integrity and, you know, they, they're not like drinking and smoking and, you know, smoking fentanyl and, you know, chasing chicks. No, like they're very much um, boys who are focused on their values and, and what they want. So um I have a lot of admiration for their integrity at such a young age. Cause when I was 17, I like. <laughs> we were doing different things back then. Cause we had different problems back then. It was just being problems. independent or something. Yeah. Right? We didn't have to fix a country and we didn't have to fight no. a school system back then. Right. Right. We just needed to pass. And so, yeah. Yeah, it was our, our biggest things was your brain on drugs with the frying pan. Yeah. Uh, right? Don't bully. Yeah. And, the gr- and the hole in the ozone. Those are like our biggest issues oh. back then. Right, the hole in the. Let's ocean. go back to that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Remember acid rain? We had that acid for a couple rain. a couple of years. Oh, that was amazing. And the forest yeah, in this. Borneo. We were worried about the forests in Borneo. Yeah. Whales. There was a lot of whales saving right. back then. They don't care anymore because the whales aren't being saved anymore. No, uh, no I guess we saved them all. Garbage patches in the Pacific that we don't give any like two shits about, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, when I, when I meet some of these people and I'm like, listen, do you understand where we came from? Like we created Greenpeace. We pushed a lot of this stuff, but we've been around the block a few times to realize that some of it isn't real. I some was such it, a lefty back then too. You know, I was all about the Greenpeace and like, I mean, I didn't support a political party per se, but you know, I, I thought the NDP were really on, right? I thought they were a great party. Well, I wouldn't go that far because I was in the prairies, uh, so that that wasn't on my radar. It was still conservative, right. but uh, 
Yeah, but what was uh, big for us back then was not being bullies, and that was really put in racism was a big thing, and uh, mothers against drunk driving. So Matt, yeah, Matt those were big. all the big ones. Yeah, but it wasn't gender, and it wasn't operations. It wasn't chemicals in your body to change your sexuality. It wasn't anything like that. No, like I never, I never knew anybody who wore blackface. Like, and I went to high school, and it was fairly <laughs> like it was a fairly white high school, like. But back then we weren't persecuted for it. No, there were a couple of black guys in our school, and they were kind of popular because they were black, and um, and we would have defended them to the ends of the earth because you know they were popular and cool. Um, but yeah, we like we didn't have this racism business like jammed down our throat, and it, it's turned really ugly, and um, and now it's made a future for my white children. Um, it's yeah. looking more and more hostile. Like if, if one of them needs a kidney transplant, are they not eligible due to race? You know, do they have to, you know, are they after, you know, like the drunk guy? <laughs> Cause he's of a different skin color is that, is that their level of prioritization? So it, the hostility towards, white people and particularly coming from white people that was that's yeah. the interesting thing is the um it's almost like the like the white leftists have now been weaponized against sort of the rest of the like white population that are just kind of minding their own business um it, it's and you'll see that in the antifa lineup they're all white right but they're mm -hmm. like the angriest most hostile white people who hate themselves hate their race if they could change it they would um and and so like i just don't even want to like that's not how we were raised to engage right with right. people we weren't raised to engage on on racism or like on a racial basis it was content of character and somehow that's gone like right out the window I don't know where that well, was. Let, well, let me tell you. So oh. when I was living in Ontario, um, paralegal, legally trained, I had my P1, and CRT entered its way into the law society. Right. So every year we have to do 20 continue, continuous pro professional development hours. So every year we have to do 20 right. hours of some training of some sort. In addition to the 20, we had to do four additional hours of CRT. These are the lawyers and paralegals of Ontario. So the very first page was race. Okay. Select your race. And if you were, which I am, then race. you got taken to a how you have privilege page. Yeah. Explain it to you to acknowledge that you are not going to perform your profession as a racist. was basically right. what that page said. And right. that broke my heart because, well, this is where judges and lawyers and we're all in this club. And this is what we right. decided we're going to do to ourselves. <sighs> we're in trouble. Um, because who do we turn to when we don't like stuff? It's the courts. Well, if the courts are all indoctrinated on CRT, right? Well, what are you going to do now? Right. And now we're starting to see that, like tomorrow, some of the judgments around here, you're seeing some wokish decisions yeah. in the judges here. Yeah. And we were through this program. We had to four hours being told that we have to be delicate in our practices because it can be addressed as racism. I'm pretty sure if you selected anything other than white, you were told how to accept the fact that they're trying to do better. That was kind of their training. Just give them the chance to do better was kind of their training. Right. And our training was make sure you do better or else. So on the professional legal level, I'm like, oh, no, because where do we turn if we don't like this? 
there's no law society for law societies. So <coughs> where do we turn? So that's scary to me. And I think you saw the same thing in the medical industry, in the medical field, where they weren't making things that were rational. They're making decisions based on other reasons other than science or medical or, or anything like that. And it must have been really freaky to you to look around saying, what happened to the intelligence? And why is intelligence now lacking in some of these decisions? And then what is this going to mean long term? Um, is that kind of what you started seeing happen? Well, I mean, and I'm sure CRT has entered into, well, I, I know that the LGBTQ agenda has entered into medicine. Um, In what way? Well, I, I think that they're now, you know, promoting that as, you know, instead of teaching nutrition and that kind of thing, <clears throat> like doctors still won't be learning about that, but they will be learning about gender identities and they will be learning um, because there is so much pharmacology and, and surgical interventions now that can mm -hmm. happen. So it's, it's turning into a wing of its own, but they need to be careful because that pendulum is about to swing back really hard and they better get their so. story straight as to why they thought it was okay to, um, to, you know, castrate a child and to surgically intervene in a child as they're going through puberty they better mm -hmm. get that straight because um, I think that there'll be huge legal repercussions for those um, like the surgeons who just now uh, do uh, like breast removals. That's what they do mm -hmm. on confused teenagers. Oh, my gosh. They're going to be sued into the dark ages and lose their licenses. Um, they're they're in a really scary place. So but nonetheless, the, the teaching um an indoctrination in schools is, is happening. And, and as far as race is concerned, I mean, I've just heard about that. I think it was in New Zealand is that they wanted to prioritize people on transplant lists based on race when normally it was based on pre-existing health conditions, age, mm. lifestyle. Matchability, stuff like right? that. Um, so, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, there, there was, there are some frightening things when all the nurses and doctors were fired um, because of the mandates. What was upsetting to me was to hear um, someone like Pierre Polyev going, we need to bring in nurses from the other side. Outside, of the, world. Outside of the country. Yeah. Instead of hiring back the ones that lost their jobs. And I know that Yes, we need doctors. Yes, we need nurses. But I promise you the training in medicine is not equivalent all over the world. And mm -hmm. um, we used to be at a really high level of patient care. Um, I'm not sure that we are there anymore. We're, I think, like more substandard. Um, perhaps we could do a better job at equivalency programs. Um but there are definitely parts of the world where you're going, okay, well, you became a doctor here, but would you actually meet the standards in North America and Europe? I don't know you would. And, right. um, and so they have to start kind of all over again. So um, like we're, we're, we're entering into really frightening territory. Mind you, we, we can't keep up with the immigration levels that we have. I, I'm like, let's say pro-immigration to an extent, but it's a faucet, right? And, you know, you want to have like a stream of immigration, but right now we're being fire hosed at such a speed and a velocity that um, 
there's no housing and there's nowhere for anybody to live and we can't afford the places anyways and this you know inflation and all these kinds of things so you think like can you just turn the tap down a bit so that we can you know get get the situation under control with everybody who's here already and stop the floodgates it, it we're missing so much uh reasonableness in in our immigration policy all over the west well, I'm going to be a little bit more tin hatty for you, if you don't mind, because okay. Do Alberta, so we know how things are in Alberta right now. So Alberta has a partnership between the AHS and the WEF. It's all over the AHS website. They don't even hide it. It's a partnership about a new type of healthcare system. They targeted Alberta for this pilot project because we're highly conservative here. Okay. And what they're trying to make us all realize as conservatives is you can homeschool, you can homestead, you can home church, you can even home birth. You can't home heart disease, you can't home cancer care, you can't, there's a lot of things that you just can't do on your own. Right. We have, conservatives need health care. So what's going on in Alberta, is we did exactly what we just talked about, we got rid of all the nurses and, and the doctors that wouldn't comply. Right. And then we brought in a bunch of foreigners who will comply by penalty of being kicked out. Absolutely. So we now have a healthcare system full of people, foreigners and domestic, who want to keep their job and don't want to lose their job. So they'll look at you in the face and say, no, we won't help you because we can't. When you would have had normal doctors, normal Canadians who care would have said, yeah, I'll help you. <laughs> like, of course. Yeah. So now in Alberta, if you're a conservative, non-vaxxed, you can't even get a transplant. Okay. Yes. So like you heard that. You know that's Shelley yeah, and that's because there's nobody left in our system to fight for her, including our premier. Uh, she's not doing that fight either. I know. Yeah. So and, and this I, is I think they piloted Alberta very strongly there, and I think that was a message to the rest of you. They're going to cleanse the healthcare system with people that will poke you or kick you out. They're not sure. going to give you the healthcare. Sure. And yeah, and, and I think I'm in Quebec, so I know that we're facing just as crazy. Similar crazier um healthcare issues and you know so my thoughts on that are you know some people are like ah oh, forget the healthcare system you know if you get hit by a boss you do not want to be taken to a naturopath like the you know if your throat is closing because you've been stung by a bee you need epinephrine stat and it's not the time for cayenne pepper and coconut oil like no like we we there you know metropolol there's there's all these medications that we need in trauma care um that are pharma pharmaceuticals evil pharmaceuticals but they are lifesavers and mm -hmm. i have seen people young people with families i've seen their lives saved i've seen children's lives saved um because of you know meds that we're giving them right then and excellent calls by a doctor um but to see what's happening to sheila lewis and and monique um monique mckay who uh, does independent journalism she's kind of big on instagram um, and she's a dear friend. She just covered um, a story from Sudbury of a man named Garrett, I believe. And he's 35 and gorgeous. And he died um, because he also was not eligible for 
uh, I think it was a kidney transplant that he needed. He was in kidney failure um, and he did ultimately stroke out, but he was 35 years old with four or maybe five children. And um, there was a lot on the line and in any other world, in any other circumstance, he would be top of the priority list, right? This is who we transplant, you know, right, not the young, the family that has a long life. To live. And, and he looked, you know, fairly healthy. Um, you know, the 85 year olds might have to wait and, and it's unfortunate, but you know, young people with futures, but again, it was an unvaccinated um, contender issue. And so I, I would hate to see us become desensitized to this level of cruelty. I would also like to see us um, like we did with the Freedom Convoy and raising $10 million in a week, right? We raised $10 million twice and in record yep. time. And the second time was even faster. Is is that, yeah, that's what we need, what, a million dollars to get Sheila? Like, I mean, that's not a lot of people you know, 100,000 people giving 10 bucks, we're good, you know, and, and we should be like, you know, every, I'm not talking about extorting people and asking everybody to pitch in a thousand dollars because we actually don't have it. But, you know, people generally have enough money for a case of beer at the end of the week. You know, you could put $10 in towards um, like something like Sheila Lewis's case. Um, and, and that sends a bat signal right back to, um, to Daniel Smith or mm -hmm. to, you know, the federal government that we actually are able to mobilize our finances and take care of our own. So I would like to see us, you know, organize our money a bit better. I know there's a lot of scammers and grifters and all that kind of thing, but no one is grifting and scamming more than the federal government. Like, Yesterday, they gave away a billion dollars, like a billion, um, to all these exploits, you know, and endeavors and escapades around the world on the same day where they increased our interest rates, you know, to 5%. You know, it was, yeah. it's to add insult to injury. And, and we're in like an abusive relationship with this government. Um, and I don't suppose the conservatives are going to be much better. I really, I really don't. Uh, no, he's already shown his cards. Yeah. And he did that. Thanks. I think in part, a lot of us saw it with Christine Anderson, you know, when he came down on her at the end of the tour, when all he needed to do was shut up. Um, that's all he needed to do was shut up. But he came and said, her views are vile and that kind of thing. We we're like, oh, you treated us. You're treating us exactly like Trudeau treated us. I got your number, Charlie. Got your number. And um, I, I mean, I, I liked Leslie Lewis. We went out for lunch mm -hmm. with her and, and a couple of the other MPs. She was a very nice person. And I'm trying to get her. I, I was trying to get her. Well, this is kind of what I'm thinking. Like, Talk to my producer here. You know, well, I would love to see her jump ship, to be honest. And I want her to become independent or PPC or something, because I think she would not only get Canada's heart, she would revigorate so many important issues, and we would 100% platform her and get her behind her. And she's red-pilled AF, okay? I'll oh, like, look, I thought as soon as she lost that leadership, because she knew the fix was in, I thought as soon as that happened that maybe... Like I, I wrote to Maxime, I'm like, look, go get her. Now's a good time. You know, right. response from him. 
Uh, and I wrote to her as well, like, hey, come join Independence. If there was like six of us, Canada-wide, you in the front, I think we'd well, have a we'll shot. See. Like, if they drive a bus over her, which they very well might, like, you know, um, you know, they've put someone in far less qualified to be the deputy right, with Melissa Lanceman. Mm. And again, we got to see Lanceman's true colors because Lanceman, you know, was all over social media going, I can't believe Christine Anderson was coming to Canada. This is appalling, you know, Nazi, Nazi, I'm a Jew, this kind of thing. And and what was so upsetting was that Stacy had already met with Melissa Lanceman, you know, two months prior to the Christine Anderson tour in her office and was talking about the tour. And Lanceman was invited to that lunch, too. And she's like, well, I can't make the lunch, but maybe I'll try and meet you guys in Calgary. Like she was open and in discussions about it. And then mm -hmm. she started fanning herself like a Southern belle. And she's like, oh, my, I cannot believe my eyes. You know, these people <laughs> with these Nazis. And I'm like, you, I got you. You're a liar. And I know Mackenzie calls her Rooster. And it's a very apt name. I'm like, got you, Rooster. So between Pierre and Rooster... I, I don't know. I, I think that lesson... Another Trudeau and Freeland, isn't it? Well, like Freeland, I mean, I almost like hate her more than Trudeau. She is despicable and unqualified and... Here, let me do my impression of her. Right, yeah, yeah, twitchy. <laughs> She's twitchy. Yeah. <laughs> Something wrong with her. <laughs> I know. Why? Like, what is that? What That's is just that? a giddy. I, I got him. I got him. I got him. I'm getting them. I got him. Because that was the announcement where the EA is coming down and all this stuff yeah, and yeah, the bank accounts. And she giggly. couldn't hold her excitement in. Uh, that was the best last week, though, when she was doing, you know, this this money, the rebate that they're giving to people for mm. uh, the grocery rebate, and they had to take all the prices off. <laughs> right, and they also got fact checked on Twitter for that as well. They're so astronomical. <laughs> yeah, like twelve dollars for strawberries, and it's like take it down, take it down, take it down. Yeah, it's not hurting. It's not helping. It's not helping. But then they got the community notes for their post uh, Trudeau oh. or, or something like that. Because they were trying to make it seem like everybody's going to get it, but a very small percentage of people qualify for that. So, so yeah. I'm interested in answers now. You know, um, I know that we will continue, uh, you know, bringing in, like, if, if it requires foreign leaders to come and agitate and irritate, and, and we will continue to agitate and irritate from the United States and our connections down there. But, um, you know, and I, I think some people are of the belief that, like we're we're beyond saving um and again all arguments should be on the table for discussion mm -hmm. is is this you know just a rocky path that we're going through or actually are we being annihilated um i'm i'm not sure i'm not sure but i am interested in answers i think a change of government would probably relieve many of us just from that constant knife turning um but you know is it coming from the is the conservative party that answer uh, i like they need a shepherd they need a shepherd so if independence were the balance of power so maybe a dozen of us in the middle there that kind of had the balance of power because it's a minority government bad showing by ndp and, and liberal conservatives could be shepherded by the independents they would have to work with us they would right. have to sit down and be a little more compromising on their agenda 
because right. it would have to get the votes. So if we were able to take the balance of power out of the NDP's hand in the next election and put that into independence, I think we could shepherd and steer conservatives back to conservatism. At least give it a shot, because right now there's no anchor for them at all. They're just drifting all the way to the left. All the way to the left, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Ag agreed. And and I did feel that that was, you know, PPC was at least kind of holding the... They, they, uh, they could do it too. So if it's independence and PPC with a couple seats, that could right. be the balance of power there. But again, we have to look into election integrity. And yeah. it, you know, there's this thesis leaker who's saying... China is interfering in our elections, among others. Mm -hmm. um, and he didn't mention who the others were. I would love to know who are the others. Um, that are, It could be the United States that's interfering. It, it might be Russia. I, I doubt it. But it could, could be, be domestic. It could um, it, perhaps. So um, until we have... Um, you know, faith in our in our elections and the integrity of elections, a lot does seem hopeless. Um, because, you know, like Olivia Chow just winning in yeah. Toronto again. And it's like, really? Did she? Because she's not that popular. And but, you know, the busloads of people coming in with her name on their arm. Like we saw that happening again. And some chat rooms are, you know, claiming victory that they played, that China played a role again. Um, really? In and, Toronto? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like on is it WeChat? There's a Chinese WeChat. Chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. WeChat. Yeah. Sorry, I just got some wind here. I gotta go get, close a window. Just give me a sec. Keep going. Okay. So WeChat and interference. Yeah. Okay. Close the window. Trudeau's tr Trudeau's trying to stop this meeting. There we go. <laughs> there right. we go. When I had Jeremy McKenzie on, there was a huge storm out here and hail, and then it went away when I got done with him. Right. I don't know. Classic. I don't know. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, we're good now. We're good now. We should have no more interference there. So, not from China and not from the wind. Election interference, <laughs> you know, and and so if that's all, like we have to return to paper ballot, then I'm okay with that. I think we should maybe start showing up at Elections Canada and start putting pressure on scrutineers that. Scrutineers and have a little bit of scrutineers yeah. in there. Scrutineers. Because um, I, I think with how it works, it, it's fine that Daniel Smith is Premier of Alberta because it doesn't actually have a, a what Alberta and BC or Saskatchewan wants or what Halifax wants doesn't actually matter because it's Quebec and Ontario for federal elections. Yep. And so that's skewed in itself. And then, you know, you just need a few municipalities and a few ridings in Ontario and Quebec that need to be controlled. It's not all of them. You just need a few key ones. And so obviously the Chinese have figured this out. You know, the liberals have figured out what they need. And, mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that that's, like faith in our medical system and faith in our electoral system is uh, is what will like rip us apart. Um, and legal. Oh, right. right. And legal. Like, because I when we have problems in those, we have to go to the legal. And if that's falling apart. But don't you love how everyone's like gone litigious now? The military suing, Eva Chippy yeah. suing. Yeah, I was going to bring that up with you. Uh, for sure. Um, yeah. You know, because now they're suing. Who else is Tamara's going to sue? Um, Pat will suing. sue. What's that? Pat yeah, King will Pat sue for sure. And I hope he just like and uh, I Jeremy should as well. Jeremy McKenzie, Potter kind of money, right? Like, yeah. Well, you can just grab the POEC witness list, and everybody on the freedom side, all of them should sue. Every single buddy there. 
they should also. So yeah, that's even the Keith Wilson for some fly? stuff. Free to fly is suing, so pilots are suing. Yeah, um, I have Greg on coming up. Oh yeah, for, oh yeah, from Free to Fly. From Free to Fly, yep, he's coming that's up. That's awesome. He's great. I met him during the convoy, and and he was he's just like fantastic. So I like that litigious side because perhaps the judges will be slightly different. Perhaps you know it, it's a different when we're and that's not really a Canadian nature kind of mm. thing. It's not in our nature to be litigious. But look at all these lawsuits now. So, uh, like, that to me is like a glimmer of hope. But maybe it's going to take too long. I don't know. But I, I like to see that um, nastiness kind of come out a bit. Well, I don't want to say nastiness. But it's like self-defense, self-preservation um, that is coming out through suing. Yeah, they, well. They hurt us very deeply. Yeah, absolutely. Forgotten, not at all. The so Carrie Sakamoto, that's the one working with uh, Eva Chipowicz, and she's also suing the CBC. Did you see the CBC's article about the lawsuit? Oh, no. You should have seen it. Okay, so they're suing right. the Government of Canada, Health okay. Canada, Alberta right. Health Services, a couple nurses, and CBC. The headline for the CBC is CBC being sued for $10.5 million for misinformation. Yes. End of headline nobody else they didn't mention the government nothing else it was just focused on just them on me, what, right cbc i'm being sued for misinformation in a misinformation headline yeah. uh, because it's not containing the rest of the context of that yeah. actual lawsuit oh. <laughs> so, so i'm hoping i'm hoping so great so i do like to see that that come out um that mm -hmm. does give me glimmers of hope as to you know where we're going and what we're doing um in the conversations that you've had what do you, what is giving you hope about what we're what we're doing in the future that we're going for oh by the way i've got primo and desi have all said yes so i've got you <laughs> yes. yeah i'm nice. just going to give you access to my calendar nice. and away you go <laughs> like we'll, we'll book it okay i'll just check in with you who am i seeing tomorrow yeah all right awesome <laughs> i get you four more uh, yeah. yeah, so the, the most of the conversations I'm having is driving optimism and hope is conversations. Uh, right. The fact that we're having them. So people are coming out of the woodwork. They are not feeling forgotten anymore. They're having their stories come out. People are listening. My chat is full of, where was this before? Why don't we have these conversations? This is Canada. Let's work it out. Lots of stuff like that. Um, so that's where I think optimism is coming from. And every second person I speak to, I try and rope them in as another podcaster or commentator to get their voice out there right. as well. Because right. I believe if we can replace the current traditional legacy, yeah. even the alt media, and to have this uh, modern media or whatever we want to call it, where it's Canadians talking to Canadians with nobody in between, right. more of that I think is going to open eyes, educate people, remove some narrative I, and that's where a lot of hope is coming from on my side and and i hear a lot of people echoing it when i talk to them that communication is what's really opening the door now so what i mean one of the things that i've really wanted to see and 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 participate in is debates right and and it's to really take these you know, because some people just like Karima, for example, pretends that she's in the middle and it's really hard to know what she's actually up to. Um, but Dean Blundell, for example, you know, deeply entrenched on the left side. Yeah. Um, there, There's also you know, someone's trying to call me and I'm going to have to decline. Sorry. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. My my producer's busy with the talent, so we're talking. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm busy. But uh, 
you know, I would like to see, you know, like we need a conversation. We need a real debate about immigration. We really need debates about healthcare. We need debates about the state of our military. We need debates about sovereignty. We need debates about libertarianism. You know, we, we need, we need conversations, debates that we're not allowed to have, especially the mm -hmm. taboo ones. You know, we need debates about you know, late -term like, abortion, late term abortion, first nations. Made. Right. Oh my gosh. Made. Ugh. Like for, yeah. for the yeah, so mature minor maids. I have attended one um, medically assisted suicide, and it was like being present for a hanging. And I'll never. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine, just present. like an execution. It's, it is an execution. It is an execution, and the nurse has to do it. Right, she's the one who has to chop the head off. Right, metaphorically speaking, um, right. because the doctors sign off on the meds, but we inject. And so the murder's on our hands and it's, it's like, it's not okay. All of it, no. is, even they do it in a sterile way and it's. It doesn't matter how comfortable, whatever you've killed someone. Um, and that conversation is hard to have because I've reached out to left. I've reached out to like Rachel Gilmore. I've reached out to a whole bunch of people and said, come on, let's just chat. I'm not a adversarial guy. I'm not going to hurt you. I don't make names or anything like that. I will talk to you. I'll debate with you. Right. Not a peep. And even the CPC, no. The only people I can get are people who left the CPC who are no longer with them. So like Rob Anders, who was with them for 18 years, a founding member of the CPC, he right. came on and talked to us. Nice. But no no active members at all. No, no. PPC, all PPC, no problem. I can have my pick of the PPC. Maxine came on in the middle of an election and talked to us. Right. But nobody from the other side will come on. So, I mean, on a level like and like life has to go on without them because they will realize that they are now missing out on the conversation and, you know, that it, it's part of the culture war. Right. And so mm -hmm. the culture will move on without them if they choose not to participate. You know, they used to have the power and now they've noticed that that power is falling through their fingers. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to see, you know, even if it's you know, people who are excellent at debating and they they're not pro-made, but they can make good arguments for the made side if the pro-made people won't show up. Right. And and people who are anti-made, which are probably easier for us to find and actually have a legitimate debate with with fair points on both sides. Um you know, because I think we all get caught in our little bubbles and we're like, well, what is a good argument for made? It just sounds all horrible. Well, there are a few good arguments to be made, to be contended with, um, you know, when it comes to like, like really hot stuff, like, like First Nations issues, you know, where are the bodies or undrip, right? Did the you queen really eat the children in Alberta or was it in BC? Right. You know, the queen. <laughs> like did she really yeah, i heard that one when she came yeah, out I don't know. You know, then she's gone the now <laughs> right yeah so now is, it's a fair time to talk about it um or mm. like you know are the royal family actually reptilians um but you know like or, or like flat earth versus globe oh that would be so great um you just need one one airline flight in that one put them all in head east do the whole thing around come back and you'll be fine Right. Well, I'm you know, a pilot. Like they taught us that. There's a called the Great now. Circle. 
Oh, I didn't well. use flat earthers before, and now I know a ton of them. And I just say, like, I'm an agnostic because everything they've said so far has been a lie, but I don't know enough about the science to actually debate it. Like, I know what I know and what I don't know, but I would love to see that debate happen. Um, you know, and just and that we create a culture that's willing to tackle difficult issues and and, you know, and get it wrong. You know, maybe it's okay to get your side of the like your argument is the wrong side, but you can't figure that out until you debate uh, like excellent counter ideas. And I know that the left is being told by their Marxist overlords not to even communicate right. with us. That's part of their mandate, right? Just don't even speak yeah. to them. And uh, you can't blame them because there was that Matt Taibbi debate. Oh, who else was in there? There was like lefty journalist, uh, two right. lefty journalists. Do you remember Crushed. that one? Crushed. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why. That's why right. they're told not to talk. Now, right. did you watch Chris Billboard's uh, video, I think today or yesterday, where he was walking past a rainbow group asking them to have a conversation with them? He was very right. kind about it. He's he said, hey, anybody, want, yeah, anybody want to talk to me while you're chopping up kids? That kind of thing. Yeah. And nobody would talk to him. And then right. one lady came out and started to talk to him, sort of walking towards him and said, well, what is it you want to know? And then somebody comes up to her, whispers in her ear, like, Don't and then talk she walks away. A hundred percent. So yes. they're all programmed. And they, even the ones that think, hey, we should defend our position here. They're being told don't do that. Right. And, and we saw that at the convoy with the counter protesters, too. Yeah. Like Viva was trying to talk to some of them and then yeah. somebody would whisper in their ear. So they have they have handlers and controllers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so hard. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that's why we actually have to feign the other side. Right. Um, until they have some brave representatives, we are actually going to have to research what is their argument, what do they believe, and then argue it for them. But you know, no, I like think mock it's very entertaining <clears throat> and like you know, a debating society. Right. Like that, we used to do that in high school. We used to have debates. And well, sure I think Stacy would be a good it. one. She could probably debate any side of any argument and, and hold her ground on it. <laughs> right. Am I right about her? I mean, like, maybe. Um, sure. You know, but I, I see you as an amazing um, facilitator. I see. I could know, do moderate and facilitate. Yeah, yeah you'd be I a really good moderator. But I would love to see that. And I would love us to take on, because I think uh, the monk debates, they're taking on the affirmative action. Right. Question. Well, yeah, yeah. And, uh, this is a producer talk, right? We're, we're not doing an a interview anymore. We're producing a show here. That's what we're doing right, right. here. Right? Yeah, no, exactly. Well, yeah. this is like the, <laughs> of the future and where are we going yeah. and what we need. And from my understanding, we need a cultural shift. And um, and even if they, you know, the the powers that be don't want to talk to us, that's okay. We'll talk without you. And then soon yeah. enough, you guys are going to be wanting to know, well, what are you guys talking about? Can I talk? That's right. And then eventually it's going to be, can I come on and talk to you? That's once we right. get the platform big enough and once we produce an environment where they feel like they can be safe, give them a safe space. Okay, let's go That's talk. Right. That's right. They may actually start to come. And I, I honestly, and I said this to her, even in a private DM and on Twitter, Rachel, let's talk. Rachel Gilmore and I should sit down and have a conversation. I think if she shows up, that's going to set the stage wonderfully for everybody. And then let's have a conversation. Us West, white guys and out West, we're not big bad bulls. We're not horrible people. And wish nothing but the best for her because I actually have a lot of empathy for what she's going through right now. She lost her job from month yeah. single. She's working on some stuff there. I have a lot of empathy for her. I would like, and I've extended it to her. Let's Let's chat. 
Yeah, well, you're very kind. Um, I, I think that you know, it was because of her cruelty towards others and mean? like the misrepresenting of our views, I think that that's what um infuriates me more than anything is that they they lie about what we're doing there or they're lying about what we believe and mm -hmm. and you know what our arguments are. And so, I, I, I deeply resent Rachel for what she said. Give her some time. She she sticks her nose in places they don't belong, right? And I mean, she was trying to make some comment about Tucker Carlson talking to Andrew Tate, and it's like, lady man, like it's way beyond your pay grade, right? You know? she, she's calling. Uh, you know, and it's almost like trying to piggyback off them to gain some notoriety off that, and it's and and we do actually need big bad scary wolves and not every white guy can be a nice guy i i mean my argument about nice men versus good men like uh, we have a world full of nice men but yeah. we don't have a lot of good men because good men is a completely different animal nice sure. get them i don't like nice people because you know telling the truth to people it's an act of goodness, but it's the harder thing to do. And it, and it's you, there's packaging, there's packaging of telling the truth. You can sometimes tell it to people and it feels like a, like a nail in the eye, but there's other ways where you can tell people the truth and it's a mm -hmm. little bit more gent gentle, less jarring. Yeah, um, tough to, but I had to go through that. I can't get into the details, but I absolutely had to tell somebody the truth. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Um, but look, I'm a trained paralegal. I know how to take my morals and ethics apart. I know how to focus on the issue, and I know how to tell somebody they're wrong. And I think what you're at, what you're referring to is you like meek men, the true definition of meek, the biblical version of meek, right. which is a very strong person, but approachable. You can talk to, communicate, but can stand firm on their convictions. That's the type of men, uh, people in general, that we're missing. Yeah. And but you know, also like scary alphas. Like we, I, I, I'm, I'm with Peterson in the sense that he said, you know, people need to be dangerous and just have self control of it. I, I mm -hmm. do think that well, that would be meek. More of that. You, yeah, right? like that the, the biblical you. version. You're dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I haven't been defeated. Tell me a story. And... Tell me a story of how you're dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah, like inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> um, I guess it would have to be some legal stuff. I'm very successful. I've not yet okay. lost a case. So I've been very good at that. Um, I defend people who are not usually picked up for defense. Okay. So the tough ones. Um, yeah. One would be this guy who was getting kicked out of his um, mobile home. He had the entire uh, community against him. There was something personal going on. And uh, the lawyer, it's a lawyer who was doing this, started misfiling and, and, and tried to make things really difficult for him, scared him completely, scared him at work. He came to me. I took a look at what this was going. It was a big, bad wolf, made a motion into the uh, Ottawa court, got it all thrown out, got it all dealt with because the other lawyer is doing some bad stuff. And then I had that lawyer come after me for a while. Not a problem. I didn't even get paid, but I, I dealt with that. Um, I don't know about mean because meek isn't mean meek is strong you just can't yeah. defeat it and and that's the big difference is i don't go for that right like but uh, yeah yeah and um but i'm very effective uh, another example would be law school so law school i, was, I did it in my late 30s so i actually finished and i got my license on my 40th birthday um that was difficult yeah. Yeah. late bloomer i love it <laughs> 
Well, I, I was a good bloomer in technology. I made my, my name there. So I'm a te technologist first. Okay. And then I got sued so much because when you're successful, you, you draw a lot of attention that way. Right. And instead of kept getting sued and paying lawyers, I went to law school to deal with that. I did an accelerated course, so two years in one year. And that was a lot of fun because half that class hated my race and hated my gender. Um, and this was in 2020, uh, 2016, right when Trump was coming up. And I was the only person in the class that said, I'm sorry, I've looked at the numbers. I've seen the crowds. I can get past the stuff. He's going to win. <sighs> that was a tough statement to make in that class because of the, the dynamic of that class. And it was not, I was not popular. What ended up happening is this entire class, half of them wrote a letter saying how distracting I am in class, tried to get me kicked out. And then I had to fight wow. that. So law school, a whole bunch of adults are trying to get rid of me because I'm outperforming them. And I'm correct. They just don't like what I have to say. Right. So Trump's, Trump wins the very next day. No eye contact from a single soul in that classroom. And then that's when they started that whole campaign against me. And I got to see in law school how people will come after your race, gender, and sex uh, because you're just performing well. It didn't work. I, I was able to complete the course and I ended up taking some stuff outside of class just to get out of there quicker. So right. I like tripled up on my courses to get out of there quicker. Um, but yeah, that was kind of quite the eye opener. And a lot of them finished. So a lot of them are in the legal profession. So right. the CRT stuff was happening yeah. in school in as school. well I'm... by the people. So remember, yeah, that was a little tough. I remember seeing it in like I back in university and this was a while ago. I don't want to age myself too much, but I, I remember seeing sort of some of it show up in a women's studies program that I was taking because I thought that was interesting at the time. And um, and I remember it was about female genital mutilation, like probably. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That was a big problem. We all hated that. Horrible. For a while. And I remember in that class being told that I had, you know, no position to be talking about it because it was something that, you know, was happening in Africa, in the Middle Not East. Your culture. And, you know, you're a white person and you, and I was just like, but a vagina is a vagina is a vagina and a baby vagina is a baby vagina and you just can't and do mutilation, that. Mutilation, mutilation, mutilation. Like, I don't care what color it is, you know, and how can you be making these distinctions? It's about protecting the babies from, you know, heinous practices you know and and i was saying you know like why do societies like ours thrive because we don't do that because you do that then your society is going to just collapse and break so here's a hot tip from the west don't do that and mm -hmm. um, but i remember it, they were coming after you know the person making the argument as opposed to the argument itself and i've right. seen that you know for years now i'm like oh okay you're attack when you have no argument you attack me personally got it right mm -hmm. this is getting so old same with like radical islam you know again they're coming after people who are talking about concerns about you know radical islam as opposed and so they're coming after the people making the arguments as opposed to the arguments themselves so i i think that you know with our show that we're producing right now that would be <laughs> <laughs> you know is like that's a, there's there's a code of conduct and yep. one thing you cannot do is come after the individual, come after their family, come after their children. That just like automatic, you're you're kicked out um, because there has there have to be rules of engagement for debate. And I'm uh, down. I'm down. 
Yeah, you're down? Yeah. Okay. For All right. sure. Like, All I'm right. running as an independent candidate. So I'm running for the federal election. And the way I'm going to reach my neighbors, because I'm in a really large riding, five hours tip to tip, is this show, is to get information out, educate people, help people. I have an entire week about vaccine detox, and I'm not even vaccinated. But the purpose is to help those who are. Um, so Dr. Peter McCullough will be on and we'll be doing an entire episode about that. Oh, he's he's so lovely. Like, yeah, Peter McCullough is an extraordinary man. So um, congratulations for for bagging that. That's that's a big yeah, that was Dr. Mackis that helped with that one. So oh, oh, really? they worked together. Yeah. So I had Mackis on and we did a we did a rumble only version because we couldn't go on Mackis YouTube with his. Is the one who like is posting vaccine deaths all the time, right? Yeah, 150 sudden oh, deaths of doctors. Is oh, my goodness. I think he was talking to Laura Lynn today, actually. Another Could be. He's doing some circuit now. Yeah. I love Laura Lynn. Well, she's on on Friday or next Friday. Is she? Okay. I yeah, I should tell you. You should see my calendar. It is pretty. I got Theo Flurry on the 17th. Like, Oh, fantastic. Oh, great. Yeah. And I met him for the Christine Anderson tour. And I actually, I really, really like him and admire him. And he's, you know, he's, I'm sure he wasn't a lot of fun when he was a hardcore drinker. But as mm -hmm. a sober man, he is, he's solid dude. So yeah, I, he's a nice guy too. Like I hooked up with him on Twitter. I said, Hey, do you want to take Danielle's spot? She didn't answer me. She doesn't want to talk to me. Do you want to tell me what's going on in Alberta? And he said, yeah, sure. I'll do that. Uh, and then I went on LinkedIn to connect with him. He's a nice guy. He's a no, really nice that's guy. great. That's uh, yeah. And um, yeah, like the team that he's working with, they're all, they're all great. They're all really, yeah. really great. So um, yeah. and I'll tell you about a couple others. So tomorrow I have uh, Greg Arcade. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. so we'll begin some music from him. Uh, Laura Lynn is next Friday on uh, the 21st. I got David Whitehead, the Truth Warrior, on Thursday, okay, the 20th. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know who Kurt Reese is? No, I don't. You're going to find out. He's a whistleblower for the military. He works with Pat yeah. King. Or he, he, Pat King knows him very, very well. So anyways... Fun. Yeah, so you're gonna you'll meet him. So this is an important one. Guy, guy uh, Greg is coming on, right? Is that uh, at some point? At some no, point. no, yeah, okay. yeah. If you can hook me up, we can get him. I haven't booked yeah. him. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've got the hook up. I've got the hook up there for her for, for him. sure. And I'm yeah. working on Kerry Sakamoto, which will be on the 21st or 27th, okay. so right before Peter McCullough. So the idea there is to talk to her about her vaccine injury, yeah, and then take that information to Peter yeah. and say what can she do right. with that, right. And then right. Chris Barber is going to be on the 4th of August. Now so there's a him. gem. Oh my God. That was hard. Like he, cause he didn't I, like the fact that it had Bridget Belton on. So that's yeah, right. it took a little bit of conversation and, and, and get him to realize I'm interviewing everybody. Not, I'm not picking teams yeah, here. Teams, right. Yeah. No, no. That's why I could be a facilitator. Cause I genuinely yeah, want great. to speak to people. Yeah, no. And, and I saw that on your, on your lineup and I thought that was great. And, um, I absolutely love Chris Barber. I think he is an extraordinary yeah. beast of a man. He's a giant. And I, I like, you know, doing these events and stuff, you end up meeting people's family. Like I've met Tamara's father on a whole bunch, like interviewed Tamara's dad. Um, oh, that'd be know, nice. Yeah, no, like really incredible people. And, and uh, Chris Barber's parents. And I think I met his aunties too, or something like, it was a, he had a wild bunch coming into Alberta, like great family. And I'm like, so you guys are feds? Is that what you're doing? And you know, they they're just they're truck drivers. So um, 
but yeah, like really incredible people. So that's fantastic. And if I can help you in any way, my, my well, phone tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Mm. I, I like, yeah, sure. Like, I mean, yeah, cool. she's doing circuits right now. I'd happy to have her on, give her a good place. Uh, Greg Hills on the 3rd of August. So Love the highlight. And then I have Daniel Ari Freiheit. So Viva Fry's brother. He's coming Love on on him. the 31st. Yeah. Love so him. my my week with him. So he's going to be the first one on, on Monday. So we're going to talk to him about what the vaccine mandates did to the legal profession. To some of it I know about, some of it he knows about. Right. Uh, the August 1st, I'm trying to get someone like you, to be honest with you, a doctor or nurse who knows the profession well and how it got affected by the mandates. What about and then we got or the Canadian frontline nurses girls? Yes, is the answer to that. Okay, yeah. Because that's who I want. I want to get somebody in medical that can talk about how the how the whole profession changed. Canadian and then nurses are having a bus driven over them right now. It's crazy. Let's do it. Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah. August 1st. August okay. 1st, get it to them. And then Greg is for pilots. So Greg Hill for the pilots. And then Absolutely. Chris for truckers. So that okay, entire great. week is how the mandates affected their industry. Right. Okay, amazing. All right. Well, yeah. yeah. And I mean, once we get Primo on your show, he knows 10,000 people and you get bigger on your show and he knows 10,000 people. So it's all like connections of connections of connections. So that's how it uh, works. We li lily pad all the way. Yeah, ex exactly. And Danny uh, Bulford will be on. We're going to get him oh, through Alex. Yeah. James Top when he comes out about Danny Bulford. Like, oh, I love that man. I got to talk to him. Bulford. And he's a good friend of Granny's. So, you know, Granny McKay. Granny McKay? No, I don't know. Oh, you should know her. She's friends with uh, Danny, and she was around for a bit. But she's really helping us on the coot stuff. So okay. I'll send you a couple links that you should you should kind I of love watch. The coots boys, you know, like I know you're in communication with their family, and just know that like we like love them, and we are rooting for them, and we are cheering for them. And the day that those boys get out, we will like you know have a party with fireworks. Um, mm -hmm you know, for them and for their families, just love to their wives and their sisters and their mothers and their fathers who are You'll all see some of them tomorrow. Injured, right? So every Friday morning is our friends and family for the Coots boys, boys or men. They come on. So tomorrow we'll have uh, Betty Carbert, which is Chris Carbert's mother. Okay. Um, Jacqueline should be here, which is the wife of Jerry. Okay. Um, and there's going to be a friend of Tony here named Danielle. And Chris L is going to have uh, Crystal will be here. So we're going to have somebody from each men's circle be here, friend or family. It'll be on tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I wish I lived closer. Then I could do a lot more in support of Alberta. But... Oh, we're remote. We can do stuff. Don't worry. Don't worry. If like, you're going to help me get this stuff going. You're in Alberta. And, you know, that was something that came from the Freedom Convoy, right? Quebec it's... and Alberta going to create Canada and unify Canada. Yeah, like we we came together on a level that we we've never been together on. So um, probably not since the founding of this country. So um, yeah, like we're we're absolutely rooting for those boys because it's kind of the last of the Mohicans right now. Yes, so, yes. And let me yeah. send you an article. So Newsweek did an article today about them. So it's the first bit of press we've gotten in for like ever on them. Uh, it just came out today. You can actually find it on my Twitter. You'll yeah, you yeah, know, I've seen it. I've seen it go around. It's like it's been sent to me from Melissa from Bikers Church. I saw Terry oh, yeah. retweeted it. Like, yeah, it's it's definitely that article's on the move. Congratulations on that, because nothing government hates more than foreign humiliation. So, oh, they just called. They said Trudeau's final. 
political prisoners or something like that. That's what they yeah. titled it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that, yeah, no, he's going to pay. Like, that's this is the prayer is that we're going to arrest that man. And we're going to see him arrested and Freeland arrested and Mendocino and Al Gabra and Jolie, the lot of them. And we're going to put them in a big giant meat truck and we are going to hold them there indefinitely until their court date they're not well let me let me highly recommend the alberta remand center for at least 515 days before your trial starts. i think that that should be customary now saskatoon correctional facility was also that one too yeah i hear that one looks pretty good we saw video of that one ottawa is really shitty as well so Mm -hmm. we have options you know and i and i want your help with the jeremy mckenzie cross canada um home arrest tour so he's got home rest right now yeah. So we're going to put his home onto a trailer. Oh, my gosh. And move him across the country. Amazing. So That's amazing. Take, That's his tra- take his home. He's on home arrest. He's in the home. Okay, but you the know home is on wheels. With a lot of Mennonites and Hutterites, right? Nobody Pick it up and watch build, it. Nobody can build a little cabin better than they can. We'll get, yeah. we'll get the Hutterites to construct something. Watch out. Like, I will call them. They're amazing. If we it, like, I love that idea. That's genius. genius. <laughs> I think so. Home arrest tour is this home oh arrest. Oh my tour. gosh, so great! <laughs> that uh, would be wonderful. Of course, they wouldn't let it happen, but that right. that's a great visual, and I, I'd love to yeah. see Canada come together with something like that. Amazing. There's ways around these rules. But let me tell you something. My church just showed up, so we're hosting the church barbecue tonight. Okay. Well, so... hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Get it done. They're like <laughs> absolutely. They're key in this fight. So thank you. And look at this. Thank you for the production meeting. The first production meeting of the Yellowhead Yacht Club. Uh, we got to share it with our crowd. <laughs> first production meeting that you've had in an interview. Um, yeah, so I've been solo. Yeah. I've been solo all this time. I didn't have help. So yeah, I do yeah. appreciate you helping me get the guests. So. Absolutely. And if you want to talk to like the Dutch, I've got lots of Dutch connections. I've got American patriots. If you wanted to like, you know, yes, this is a Canadian focused show, but um, we can't do this without international cooperation. Also, I've been talking with some French freedom groups from France. Très bien. Très bien. Why? Oui. So they've, they've been lighting it up. So, right. And yeah. if you check out my bio, I'm a globalist fighter. So I'm against the globalists. So Dutch, bring them. Uh, we can talk. Yeah, we can yeah, talk about we, we talk about the fertilizer issue, the upcoming water issue. Uh, WF yeah. is going after water. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I like I, I've now done a fair amount of traveling in between a bunch of these countries and I've made some really good contacts. So I'm happy in the name of the movement and pushing this movement forward. I'm happy to share with you everything that I have. And what about you? Do you want to do some co-hosting and get a show going for you? Oh, that's that. That's what I'm like. Well, is it is it co-hosting a show or is it running for office? You know, it's like mm. all of the above because I think independent politicians right. and journalists are the future. Well, I do love being a producer, and as my like, I love being an MC probably more than I love doing anything else in my life. Like I love emceeing because you, you know, you're controlling the vibe and, and, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's like, we're talking about heavy stuff, but it's about keeping it funny and light. And I love doing that. Um, and yeah, no, it's, it's like, it's a gift and, it, and it's something I love to do, but I do love the behind the scenes stuff. And it's like, Oh, you need to talk to so-and-so and, oh, mar, 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 you know, and, and like making those connections backstage. So I enjoy that. So, um, you know, but I'm excited. 
Yeah, if I can help you in any way, I, I got you. I got you. You already have. You already did on this show. I think you ducked away, got a couple more people. And yeah. now we're talking about all the other ones that we need to line up. Yeah, so. you know, I've got it lined up. You just, we'll have a Google calendar. We'll get you We'll get you booked into November. Absolutely. And what do you guys think in the crowd? You want this producer in the background? Should we get this going? I think yeah, there's be a lot of yeses. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, all let right. me uh, stick you. to my original producer. We're just trying to keep this under two hours. So I'm going to yeah. let you go. Okay, thank and you. Yeah, we got people parking and they're here for the barbecue. So faith, oh. Canada, we're gonna win this thing. That's right, that's right. And pay attention to July 25th. And if you have any clout out in Alberta to send people to Lethbridge Courthouse, July 25th, white shirts, no protests, no rally, no convoy, no parade. We're just there to support the men and support each other. If anybody wants to get out there on July 25th and join us at the Lethbridge Courthouse, I'll be there at 6 a.m. I'll be doing my stream. And then I'll be inside the courthouse to see what they're talking about. Okay. There's Jeremy O'Sullivan out there in Grand Prairie. And um, he's an oil and gas guy. But he was really key um, part of the freedom movement like after after the convoy. So I'll talk to, I call him Jerome. We'll talk to Jerome and we'll see what, what they can organize out there. Sounds okay. good. And look at what people are saying. Good times ahead. Yes. We love Bethan. Bethan. Full dance card, Jason. Freedom. God bless you all. So yeah, they're okay. saying yes. Okay, we're great. teaming up. Amazing. All right, thanks. Thank Jason. you so much. I'm so excited. Okay. Love you, Canada. Bye. We love you, Canada, and we also love you, Bethan. You okay. <laughs> Bye. We'll talk soon. <laughs>